and welcome in to another edition of the PHNX D-Backs podcast right here on PHNX. My name is Derek Montia. Of course, I'm the mayor of PHNX. This man next to me is my vice mayor and your thunderstick, the one and only Jesse Friedman. Jesse, we have a lot to talk about, including what the Arizona Diamondbacks can do with their third base problem. Uh, of course, we're going to dig into that more. But before we get to that, uh, we have I have a little bit of beef. I have a little bit of shade to throw. Oh, who are we throwing? Who are we throwing shade at? I feel like we need our we need our our, our uh, sunglasses. Yeah, no, there. I mean we're we'll just gonna get uh, in on this one real fast because it's Major League Baseball, and I'm throwing shade at them because they've already put out their first way too early power rankings for 2024, and guess who they left off it? Your defending National League champions. Your defending National League champions, the Arizona Diamondbacks, do not appear anywhere on this power ranking for 2024. Uh, it's topped off there at the top by the Braves, followed by the Texas Rangers and the Baltimore Orioles. Then at four, it's the Philadelphia Phillies. Five is the Tampa Bay Rays. Six is the Houston Astros. Seventh is the Los Angeles Dodgers. Eighth is the Toronto Blue Jays. Ninth is the Seattle Mariners. And 10th is the Minnesota Twins. Now, I am not going to attack the fact that obviously, you know, the Dodgers and the Braves with what they do during the regular season are going to appear on this list. And they're most likely going to be higher than the Diamondbacks, no matter how far the D-backs went in the postseason. But yeah. I do have a problem with like non-playoff teams from this year being ranked higher and the Diamondbacks not even being on that list. I have a problem with Are some there of those. non? I guess the Mariners didn't yeah, make the playoffs. The Mariners didn't make the, the playoffs. Team. You know, I, I mean, I'm just uh, like, I, I don't know. I, I think that, of course, you know, continue to disrespect us because as we've seen, Tori loves to use that as bulletin board material. But yeah, uh, I mean, it's just, I, I don't know. I don't know figure it out figure it out drop this a like is, while this you're is here what the this is what the diamondbacks want right yeah. they don't want to be in the top 10 no. of major league baseball uh, way too forget early that power rankings. Yeah, they want to be they want to be buried once again <laughs> and they want to go out and prove all the doubters wrong it's just true. like they just like they did in 2023 this yep. is this is on brand for them it very much so is i if i'm being totally honest like i kind of understand this well yeah we um, do we do like it, it at the end of the day, you just have to compare the Diamondbacks roster with the rosters of all of the other teams. Fair. And objectively, I don't know if the Diamondbacks roster, especially given the, the free agents that as of right now have departed from the team, right? The fact that Lourdes Gurriel is not on this roster. Uh, he's probably the biggest one. He was a sure. three war player for the Diamondbacks this past year. Yeah. And yeah, if you take him off the roster of an 84 win team, it's hard to argue that that team belongs in the top 10. So I, I understand where they're coming from here, but I also understand your beef that yes, the Diamondbacks just won the NL pennant and it does feel a little bit icky that they are not in the top 10 and who knows where they would be. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if some people are viewing the Diamondbacks as like the 15th best team or something in the majors as of right now, maybe over the course of the offseason, you know, they're able to make some moves and the perception of the team changes a little bit. But I think that's kind of where things start realistically. Oh, well, I mean, where things really start, honestly, is the GM meetings. And obviously, we know that because we've talked about that quite a bit. The GM meetings are where everything kind of gets kicked off during the offseason. Then we move on to the winter meetings about a month later. You're at the GM meetings this week, and of course, now we are learning that today's GM meeting, which was the final day of the GM meetings, was today. Yeah, not much happens today. I think today is primarily for agents, uh, more so than anyone else. Sure. But yeah, there are there are some things that would have happened today, even though the 
you know, all, all of us media talking with the front office executives and whatnot, that happens on Tuesday and Wednesday. But yep. there were some final events for agents that would have taken place today. And those events have been canceled early due to what appears to be an outbreak of a stomach virus uh, over there at the GM meetings, which are here in town. Uh, it has been reported that more than 10 percent of the participants at the meetings got sick, prompting MLB to cancel today's final day of the meetings. Uh, it was originally blamed on a buffet on Tuesday that might have been the cause because it was like a welcome buffet that a lot sure. of people attended. But according to, again, the report, some of the people that got sick did not attend the buffet, which caused it to actually be ruled as uh, caused by a contagious virus. So my first question is, are you okay? I'm fine. Yeah, I didn't I didn't eat the welcome buffet. That was only Don't for you're you're just going to play it safe no, here. I'm not going to take any chances here. I am I am totally now. fine. And yesterday I was not at all aware. I mean, as far as I could tell, there were no there mm -hmm. were no front office executives mm -hmm. like absent or anything because they were because they were sick, but uh yeah, it, uh, unfortunate. Very unfortunate. Get I, hope, out. I hope everyone's okay. Get out. Just get out. I, I feel know. I feel perfectly fine. Yeah, Eric. that's what people say before they don't feel fine. You start <laughs> off with feeling fine until you don't feel fine. But uh, of course, uh, one thing is is that this does kind of impact things just a little bit for the Diamondbacks. Not a huge impact, right? But still, the Diamondbacks' short off season gets even shorter because if any days that that could be part of them talking to to agents, talking to anybody potentially about what they're going to do with their offseason plan has been cut short. Uh, and and again, not not a tremendous amount of loss, like you said, covering what was would be covered today. But yeah, I mean, this this does kind of have a little bit of an impact considering that uh, the Diamondbacks were just playing baseball games like a week and a half ago. And, and now they're really trying to get things going on the business. end as far as yeah, moving moving the ball down the line for some of these free agents that they're going to need to acquire. Did you, uh, I'm somewhat hesitant to bring this up because some people might be like eating lunch right now. Uh, but did you, did you see the story on Sports Illustrated that originally broke the news that this no. was happening, that no. the illness was taking place? No. I have to read this and I apologize in advance. No. But it's, it's hilarious. It's some of the best writing that I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> Please this is me. from uh, Stephanie Epstein. Hopefully I'm saying that correctly. Yeah. She's a columnist for Sports Illustrated. And she's the one who broke this news, and this is how her story starts. She said, if it seems that baseball news is developing slowly, perhaps that's because executives' bowels are moving too quickly. <laughs> More than 30 of the 300 or so officials in attendance have come down with an undetermined stomach ailment in Major League Baseball's annual off-season kickoff event. The GM meetings have become the GI meetings. Man, give her the Pulitzer. It's poetry. It's poetry. It's absolute poetry. She is an absolute. Uh, <laughs> she is an absolute poet. Oh man, that's incredible. Uh, and yeah, I mean, it, it. We didn't expect any news to really come out of the GM meetings, no. but again, it's just not really helpful for things to be impacted in any way about the Diamondbacks and and the business that they have to attend to in, in regards to. Uh, you know, their their roster uh, and things that are happening in the offseason. I think it was just the agents would have had a big in-person meeting today. That like was with instead, each other? Yeah, with, the with, managers? E with each other, okay. I believe is my understanding. Okay. Right. And instead of it happening in person uh, at the at the Omni Resort in Scottsdale, it's just happening over Zoom. So and I don't think like the Diamondbacks offseason conversations are really hindered by this in, in any way. But you know how it is, though. A lot of that business is done just in 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 
reality about people talking and, and, and just being around each other in these kind that's, of environments. Right. Yeah. You know, so they might have some of the executives might have stuck around for like a little bit this morning yeah. and, and yeah, you know, maybe shot the breeze a little bit with some of those people more so than than they will with with the ailment that's floating <laughs> around and everything. But, well, and that wasn't the only ailment because we kind of glossed over this yesterday. But Tori had said in his uh, uh media availability yesterday about getting the contract extension uh, that he actually came down with COVID right after the end of the World Series. And when he said that, he made it sound like right after he was he was basically said COVID was like waiting for him after <laughs> the World Series. Right. And like there's a good chance that maybe 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 he doesn't catch it if the Diamondbacks are still playing. Maybe however, whatever way he caught it was maybe due to them uh maybe maybe on the way home or something like that right but uh it doesn't matter the 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 bigger thought here for me is what if he had covid in the middle of the world series and couldn't have been on the bench yeah. and couldn't have been managing this team like the the way he made it sound was like he almost got it the day after they were bounced so if that's the case then uh yeah that would uh that would have been a, a problem for this team yeah it's hard to imagine what that would have looked like yeah uh, i remember i think like I think this was before the season ended, maybe at some point in, in mid-September. Uh, Tori was asked in a press conference about COVID kind of spreading around a little bit among certain teams and how seriously the Diamondbacks were taking that going into the playoffs and whatnot. And I remember Tori, you know, kind of acknowledging it, but not being overly concerned about it at the time. And the Diamondbacks made it through the postseason, uh, through the end of the regular season and the postseason all the way to the World Series without that ever being an issue. And to my knowledge, I don't think any team ever had an issue with this. I, I'm not I'm not aware of any player or coach or anything that ever missed time in, in the postseason because of COVID. But there were some reporters. Uh, there were some reporters along the way through the through the postseason who were sort of yeah. there one day and then mysteriously yeah. gone yeah. the next day. <laughs> and anytime it happens, you have to wonder. I mean, us reporters, we are, are the access in the postseason is fairly limited, but we're still interacting with these yeah. uh, with these coaches well, and these players. And you'd hate for any of us to pass anything like that on to any of them. Right. And you're also in very close quarters at times, right? Like in order for you to get the videos that you bring us and, and I know about the way that it goes, you you have to be right there in the scrum. You're around each other and you're yeah. around the players and everything like that. So, yeah, it's definitely uh, interesting how that would have impacted everything, you know, if if that happened. But uh, that's that's in the past now, and luckily Tori's doing great. And you know, best wishes to anybody impacted by what happened at the GM meetings. We do have some good news involving Chase Field, uh, looking a little nicer, getting a little better. Uh, it, according to a source, LED lights are going in as we speak, and should go. be completed prior to the Billy Joel concert on December eighth. So. If that is true, first of all, moving out is going to be electric at that concert. That song is going to go hard. <laughs> uh, and also jump around next year when Paul Seawald comes out is going to go absolutely crazy. <laughs> but, uh, of course, LED lights are fun. It means a lot of things, right? I mean, first of all, the old can lights, we talked about this before, but... I imagine that it was probably as difficult as the bulbs for the out-of-town scoreboard, you know, to kind of find some of these replacement parts that they need. I know I saw a picture at one point of the can lights that are kind of up there pointing at the crowd and such, and there were a lot that were out. I'm not sure if that was because the bulbs needed to be replaced or whatever, but yeah, it's just, it's 2023, almost 2024, and LED lights are just, they're, 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 they're cheap, 
right? By comparison, because of the fact that they are, once you put in the system, they're easily fixable. They're easily replaceable. They don't cost nearly the money and they don't take nearly the amount of energy to power them as some of these old lights do, right? Yeah. They also last like an eternity. Yeah. Like I, I just, uh, when we moved into our new place, I, I bought some, some light bulbs for various light fixtures and things that we installed and the LED ones last for like, like 20 years or something in certain situations. It's like, that doesn't seem possible, yeah, but, but somehow right. it is. That's just sort of how LED lights roll. It's yeah. amazing. But it's still not a cheap investment, right? Uh, the uh, estimated cost for these lights is somewhere in the neighborhood between $3 million and $5 million, right? So I feel like, once again, this investment is going into a stadium, obviously, that needs it. And Lord knows what would happen to Chase Field if the Diamondbacks weren't playing baseball there. But I feel like this is, once again, kind of leaning in that direction of the Diamondbacks staying at Chase Field and, and continuing to renovate that and make that, uh, you know, that home, their home, that place, right? Because it's still a yeah. still a great location as far as centralized here in town. And it's just got so much history now, you know, especially with the two World Series being played there. I, I the, the more that things like that happen, the more I want them to just keep this building and renovate it more than trying to find another location. Yeah, and it and it like we've said in the past, it it seems like that's the direction this is all headed. We know that the Diamondbacks all along have liked the idea of staying downtown, all of the memories that have been made there over the years. And really just I mean, the the logistics of of getting the funding to go somewhere else is that's a daunting task, right? Uh there's a lot of money that goes into building a new facility and not just the ballpark, but all of the amenities around the ballpark that the Diamondbacks would want if they were to move somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it, it seems like, you know, getting that investment was just never going to be all that realistic for them. And maybe there's still an opportunity out there. We don't have anything official on this yet. But yeah, all signs are very much pointing to the Diamondbacks sticking around at Chase Field. Michael asks the question, can you explain to me like I'm five, what LED lights are. Okay, Michael. Can you actually uh, do that? I can. Uh, LED really? lights are called, are there, it's light emitting diode, right? Which is what the little, little, <laughs> little thing that emits the light inside of this an LED like light. This is like that legal situation that it we is. talked about the other this day. You're going to have to explain it to me. I like am. I'm going to try. So an <laughs> LED lighting product emits, uh, basically uses 90% less energy than an incandescent light bulb. Right. They're very efficient. They're they're, a little expensive, but they're very efficient. Right. But now, because they're being mass produced in the way they are, they are actually becoming lower in cost, especially then when you talk about like specialty bulbs for like like large, gigantic specialty bulbs. There's just not even companies making those like they used to. So because of that, those bulbs are going up in cost and it comes to a point where like, okay, to replace all of these light bulbs, it's going to cost almost the same amount as it is to put in an LED lighting system. Also, LED lighting is controllable, which makes it fun, right? They can do a lot of stuff with it, make it go colors, make it flash to music, make it do all sorts of cool stuff. Uh, And of course, we've seen it all around baseball and other sports. So it is time and it's exciting for Chase Field to be updated because, again, I never thought the Footprint Center could have been updated the way it was. And I love that place now. And I think the changes actually made it a completely, completely different I environment. Assume lighting was a, a big part of the a big changes part of the changes there was there. more of opening up the 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 area like especially when you first walk in you know like yeah it used to be very much especially that front area that they added after a couple of years used to feel kind of different than the rest of the building and then there was like the concrete bunker that you walked into that was the arena right and like i just think oh they have a big bar now there right in front that's very welcoming and it it feels it just feels you know again it wasn't it didn't take an incredible amount of 
losing seats. I know they did lose some seats to put in some of these standing room areas, but again, it makes me want to buy a ticket anywhere in the arena and then just go hang out at the bar or just be there, right? So like Chase Field could definitely use that with all the space they have. And I know during the World Series, they made like some standing room only areas that I I didn't necessarily see during the regular season. But again, more of that because I think that that just can definitely help uh, with with making people want to come and, and yeah. just have a fun time, you know, especially during the long regular season. But if you want to have a fun time here in town, a perfect place for you to do that is at Gila River Resorts and Casinos because nobody does it better. Uh, they offer an authentic and immersive experience where you can literally get away from everything there. They have fine dining, can high, be a high roller, uh, you can lounge poolside uh, and do all of the things uh, that a big wig does over there at Gila River Resorts and Casinos. Uh, they definitely have all sorts of entertainment uh, and excitement you won't find anywhere else. Uh, and again, you don't have to leave town. It's a great place to go have a staycation out. Uh, staycation at, they have state-of-the-art gaming floor that has over 800 slot machines, 15 blackjack tables, and live table games, uh, not to mention Arizona's largest sports book. So Belly on up and let them show you what the next level is all about. You can do you at Gila River Resorts uh, and Casinos. Visit playathila.com for more details. And I have to ask Eric if we went on a if you went on a boys trip, am I invited? <laughs> it's an important question. It's you know how question. you have to answer this, Eric. <laughs> yes. See, that's my guy. Darn it. This is why I'm not Damon's dog anymore. This is why I'm Eric's dog is what I am. But, of course, I also will still get my betting advice from Damon over there at the uh, PHNX Bets. But uh, you can can do that, too, and make sure you get down on some betting over at the BetMGM Sportsbook app. If you haven't signed up yet, you can do so now. Use our code of PHNX, and you will get yourself $200 instantly in additional winnings regardless of your wager's outcome. All you have to do is download the app on iOS or Android, or you can sign up at BetMGM.com. And use our code of PHNX, uh, sign up and deposit at least $10 into your newly created account, and then use that amount or more to place a bet at a standard odds price. Once you've placed a qualifying bet, you will receive $200 in bonus bets, regardless of the outcome of your wager. And of course, I love the parlays. So make sure you get down on those same game parlays. You can just bet $5 and possibly win big by adding some legs to that, and especially during football, college football, and college basketball season. It's a great time to check out the BetMGM Sportsbook app. Again, sign up for BetMGM now and use code PHNX. Place your first BetMGM Sportsbook wager through the BetMGM Sportsbook mobile application of at least $10. You will receive $200 instantly in additional winnings regardless of your wager's outcome. Check out the show notes for full details and now listen to Shane talk about the disclaimer. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Colorado, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Kansas, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Nevada, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming. Call 877-8-HOPE-N-Y or text HOPE-N-Y 467-369-NEW York. Call 1-800-327-5050, Massachusetts. 21 plus to wager. Please gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP, Arizona. 1-800-BETS-OFF, Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help, Michigan. 1-800-981-0023, Puerto Rico, in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., New York, or Ontario. Ontario. All right. Well, of course, we thank you guys for being here on the PHNX Sports YouTube channel. If you haven't subscribed to the channel yet, make sure to do so now. Sign up for notifications. That way you don't miss when any of our shows go live. Uh, And leave us a thumbs up. Drop us a like. Do what Gabby says there. Uh, Also, if you're listening on the audio podcasting side, make sure to subscribe to us there as well. Leave us a five-star review. We always appreciate you doing that. Uh, And, of course, we did say earlier that we were going to address the Diamondbacks' third base issue, like as if it's a the elephant in the room here. but No, we're not talking about that anymore, Derek. We're actually a lighting podcast now. Oh, yeah. All right. So, again, back to light (laughs) emitting diodes and and their efficiency. (laughs) 
Uh, look, I mean, whatever's going to get the clicks, whatever's going to get the clicks. If I have to do a reactions podcast, I will absolutely do that. But uh, I want to react to the Arizona Diamondbacks getting a new third baseman. And I know that when it comes to free agency, the options are very limited. Uh, luckily, we're not looking for a second baseman or a catcher because those options are even more limited when it comes to MLB yeah. free agency yeah. this year. But the position player market in general as far as free agency is concerned not is great just terrible it's not great yeah it's really outfielders bad. seems like good but then again when you're looking at them ranked when you're looking at them <laughs> ranked lourdes is like in the top five so Lourdes losing lourdes really feels like you know you're, you're losing one of the best options available so you better find somebody yeah. to upgrade there at that position but when it comes to third base, the Diamondbacks' production this year hasn't been great from the guys that have been there, right? We have, uh, obviously, Josh Rojas is no longer with the team, but out of the guys that have been here and have played third base, we have Emmanuel Rivera, Evan Longoria, and Jace Peterson getting the majority of the time this year. And offensively, all those guys have kind of struggled. I mean, Emmanuel Rivera yeah. at one point was pretty good about getting getting some hits you know, back back in the Wee Staniel Rivera days of the early season, right? <laughs> but still, his final numbers this season end up at 261, slashing 261, 314, 358 with a 672 OPS. He had four home runs, 29 RBI. Uh, and I mean, he was your your biggest producer, I guess you could say. Evan Longoria was up there with his 11 home runs. Longoria had a 717 OPS and he had 28 RBI, but he slashed 223, 295, 422. So, I mean, you just weren't getting a lot there out of that. And then there's Jace Peterson, who was also there. <laughs> wow. Uh, he, he was. He was there. This is this is a problem for the Diamondbacks. And we are here today to try to find a solution. And That's we're we going to really struggle this whole time because <laughs> I'm just going to bear. I'm not going to bury the lead. Uh, it, it's it's going to be hard for the Diamondbacks to come up with a solution at third base this offseason without going out there and spending on Matt Chapman, I guess, uh, which we'll we'll get into him a little bit later. Um, but yeah, I mean, you look at at the options that the Diamondbacks have in house. It's it's not particularly inspiring. I you know, we've talked about Evan Longoria and, and you know, the fact that after he returned from a back injury in August, he had very little power. I think he slugged about 200 from that point through the end of the season. Uh, I think all of his home runs, if I'm not mistaken, came prior to that injury. Uh, basically in the, in the first half of the season. He actually was pretty good for the Diamondbacks for the first couple months of the year, hit some big home runs, but that power just really slid in in the second half of the season. So, yeah, Emmanuel Rivera is is still here. Uh, he just, uh, you know, you mentioned the the Wee Staniel Rivera uh, days of the podcast mm. uh, early in the season. He <laughs> was hitting like 330 or 340 for a while there. I was in love with that, man. But yeah, I mean, it, it was all line drives and it, yeah. it's just really hard for any hitter to hit line drives like 50 percent of the time or whatever. It, it just it, if that's if that's sort of the, you know, the the method by which you are breaking out, it probably isn't sustainable. And it, it ultimately proved that way for Rivera. The D-backs do have a couple of other options in house. They have Geraldo Perdomo, who obviously is is more thought of as a shortstop than a third baseman. But he did play some third base for the Diamondbacks this year and I think is perfectly fine there defensively. The Diamondbacks also have Jordan Lawler. Uh, who I heard, uh, I think it was Keith Law on his podcast the other day over at The Athletic. He talked about how the Diamondbacks could solve their third base problem by just moving Jordan Lawler over to third base hmm. and calling it a day. <laughs> I don't know if the D-backs are about to do that. Um, I, I could see Jordan Lawler playing third base. I just don't know if Jordan Lawler is someone that you can count on to be 
an everyday player from opening day of 2024. Uh, there's a reason that Jordan Lawler basically didn't take an at bat in the entire postseason, and that the, you know they didn't have a whole lot of room to let him work through his struggles offensively once he was in the majors because they were in a playoff race and then in the playoffs uh, itself. But yeah, I I think there's a possibility that Jordan Lawler is going to need a little bit more seasoning, maybe even start the year back in AAA. I don't really view him as a guy that the Diamondbacks can comfortably count on as their everyday third baseman going into the season. And this is really an issue that the team has had for a while. Uh, You go back to when the Diamondbacks traded Eduardo Escobar to the Brewers in 2021 at the trade deadline. Escobar is, he's kind of the last like reliable third baseman that the Diamondbacks have had. Right. And honestly, Escobar hasn't even been the player that he was for the Diamondbacks anywhere else, to be fair. I mean, he He had some success in like that second half of the Brewers. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. for sure. But, But I mean, when you talk about the power that he brought to this team and his defense, I mean, he was everything you could want over there. Not to mention he was an absolute outstanding clubhouse guy and he gave me one of the greatest quotes of all time when he said that he would die for Tori Lavolo, which is not something I think I've ever heard a baseball player say uh, and is still just the coldest thing you could possibly say but uh, you did talk to Mike Hazen on the possibility of using uh, one of their in-house candidates yeah he was basically this was from the GM meetings yesterday Hazen was asked you know uh, do you view Geraldo Perdomo and Jordan Lawler like you have some in-house options would it could you see a scenario in which you just roll with you know some pairing of those guys and and the other guys that you have in house at third base in 2024? And here's what Hazen had to say about it's something we've talked about. Um, <laughs> I don't know exactly where that's going to fall down. I think we're in the period now where there's a lot of ability to acquire external players, and and you kind of focus on that first, and then we'll see where the where that all comes together after later in the offseason. Does that make it less of a urgency in a sense or does it I don't think so because you don't want to ever pass up the opportunity to get additional good players in your organization I guess but you might not feel the pressure to maybe make a mistake contract or you know contract for like third base specifically yeah I don't yeah I we're still going to try to be aggressive however we can well he said we're going to try to be aggressive however we can and one of those ways that they could potentially be aggressive is through trades right I know We've talked about the free agency market being very slim, and we are going to talk about Matt Chapman and how he could potentially fit in with this team. But there are some other potential good fits that would require a trade, uh, and a couple of them just kind of have me wondering like how much these players are, would cost in a trade and if the Diamondbacks yeah. are willing to be that aggressive as far as trades go. But you came up with a list of candidates that I really like. uh, Some more than others. Some more than others. (laughs) I like Jonathan India myself. I mean, he's under team control uh, through the end of 2026. Uh, His defense, not great. That's the big problem there. But offensively, I think that he is a little bit of the answer. Uh, Came up as a third baseman, but has not played third in the majors. So that's obviously the big problem there. But who knows? I mean, he had minus seven defensive run saves so maybe maybe he's better at third base i don't yeah. know you honestly know? i i think there's a, a pretty decent chance that he would be better at third base if the diamondbacks were to acquire him and, and move him over there that was sort of his his natural position coming up the reds uh, sort of out of need is my understanding they they wound up using him at second base that's the only position he's played for them uh in the majors but yeah i mean if you look at these offensive numbers, I mean, a 746 OPS, it's, you know, a pretty hitter friendly environment out there in Cincinnati that works out to a 100 OPS plus. 
basically a league average hitter. Um, but you know, he's, he's relatively young. I think he's 26 years old. Um, and yeah, the, the Reds don't really have a clear spot for him to play given Mm -hmm. the enormous influx of young players that they just called up uh, toward the end of the 2023 season. And I think I saw a report yesterday that the Reds are, are willing to move Jonathan India, or at least are, are open to the idea of trading Jonathan India and I'm sure there's a number of teams who would be interested in acquiring uh, someone like him. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, there there are some there are some questions here. I mean, a, a 100 OPS plus like that doesn't necessarily get like is that a long term solution at third base? Is that more of like a utility guy who could maybe float around and play some different positions, sort of like how Josh Rojas did? I don't know. See, I and and I know that comparing some of the guys we've had is hard because when you look at the combined numbers of the Diamondbacks third baseman. They had a uh, 75 WRC plus and yeah, it's not great. Uh, they were ranked 27th in baseball ahead of just the Tigers, Mets and A's as a combined unit over there at third base. And I, I mean, uh, like I'm, I'm not I don't know if the Diamondbacks need to necessarily have a superstar uh, like, of course, Nolan Arenado is the name everybody brings up when they want Diamondback to trade for somebody. But I he just didn't don't have think, a great year in 2023 for sure. And I think that someone like Jonathan India potentially could come over here and flourish a bit, not only under this coaching staff, but just the ability to return to the natural position that he played previously in his career. Right. But uh, also just just the guy. I mean, they, they just need a guy that can contribute like this, like his contributions aren't, you know, again, when you look at the the guys that were playing third base. Uh, I mean, it's it's kind of a combination of them. So at least you have one more consistent guy in there playing as an everyday player rather than platooning and getting the production out of like yeah. three guys in order to make up what India can do. I mean, he hit he hit 17 home runs, right? He stole 14 bases. Like, yeah. is he a fantastic everyday option at third base? No, but is he pretty clearly better than what the Diamondbacks have in house? Yeah, I think yeah. he absolutely is. And he's also, as I said, he's 26 years old. There, you can still dream a little bit on what Jonathan India could could become potentially. He's only played three seasons in the majors. I also, at one point during the season, uh, when we were talking about Corbin Carroll at one point with Diamondbacks hitting coach Joe Mather, I asked Joe, have you ever seen a rookie do anything like this? Uh, you know, talking about Corbin Carroll and just the outstanding rookie season that he had. And Joe Mather talked about Jonathan India. He was the Reds hitting coach when Jonathan India came up. Yeah. And you look at his numbers, India's numbers from 2021, his rookie season. He hit 21 homers that year, 69 RBI, 12 stolen bases. Nice. Uh, he had a 122 WRC plus that year. So you, you can kind of, I think there's some sense that, that Jonathan India could be a better player than what he's shown so far for the Reds. And, you know, maybe he would flourish with a, a new opportunity and, you know, new new coaches to work with and, you know, a place where he really has opportunity to play every day, which is something it doesn't look like he's going to have with the Reds in 2024 if he stays there. I feel like his him being under team control through 2026 is going to cost maybe a lot compared to some of the yes, other trade candidates that's, that's that you have. Point. Yeah, Kyle Farmer is a guy that's a free agent after 2024. Um, this is his final year of arbitration, so he would essentially be more of a rental. Um, but he's he was pretty good at third base. Yeah, if we look at Kyle Farmer's numbers, um, I don't know if people are necessarily going to be uh, super, super stoked about the thought of Kyle Farmer coming to the Diamondbacks and being their, uh, their everyday third baseman. But he's another guy who, like Jonathan India, is 
not necessarily the most the most exciting on paper, sure. but someone who's a clear upgrade over what you have in house, which you could argue is sort of all that matters at yeah, the end of the day. And, and I mean, honestly, you're losing Evan Longoria right now as far as free agency is concerned. So it's not like you're getting rid of of Longoria as much as I mean, he's most likely moving on and the Diamondbacks are also moving on. So like that there's there's a deficit, you know, his production isn't going to be made up right now necessarily by the contributions of other guys on the team so yeah if you can find somebody like farmer that put up these numbers even even in a rental situation it it could be very good for a team that seems to be ready to compete again here in 2024 yeah so it was 256 average uh 317 on base 408 slugging percentage 725 ops this year with the minnesota twins 11 homers 46 rbi was worth 1.6 wins above replacement Uh, He's a decent third baseman. He played a number of different positions for the Twins, but he did play 290 innings uh, at third base, so a decent amount of work there. Uh, Graded out as basically a league average defender at third base, one defensive run saved, minus one outs above average, so sort of a wash, probably somewhere around average defensively. Uh, But yeah, he is maybe like the most affordable option that the Diamondbacks could, could go get and it's just one year, as you said, right? He's only under under team control for one more season. And he's Kyle Farmer. He's not, you know, he's, he's you would think he wouldn't cost you an inordinate amount right. in a trade for just one season. And yet he's also theoretically an upgrade over what the Diamondbacks have in house. I think it I think it can make some sense. Who else do you got? Uh we also have uh Eugenio Suarez. Eugenio who is, Suarez. Who is maybe go. maybe the the best uh guy on on our list, I yeah. guess. Uh he was worth 3.2 wins above replacement this last year for the Seattle Mariners. This man played every single game this season for the Seattle Mariners. All 162 games. 694 plate appearances. That oh is a goodness. that is a full workload. <laughs> uh 22 homers, 96 RBI. Uh he slugged 391, which if you think of a, a Eugenio Suarez, you're probably thinking of like big bopper, like guy who hits 35 home runs a year. He wasn't really that. Uh granted, he was hitting, you know, at T-Mobile Park for half his games, which is a, a pretty pitcher-friendly environment. So, you know, 22 home runs, certainly not bad. Uh, if you look at his baseball savant page, there's some red there that would lead you to believe that mm. maybe he underperforms mm-hmm. a little bit. Still, yeah. still impacted the baseball a decent amount. He kind of strikes out a lot. Uh, but yeah, again, a guy who is an upgrade over what the Diamondbacks have in house. Uh, he was worth minus two defensive runs saved at third base in 2023, but 11 positive 11 outs above average. So. Um, Probably average, maybe even a little above average defensively at third base. That, it's that, that's a weird combination because eleven outs above average seems pretty good. Minus two, yeah. minus two defensive run save isn't terrible, right? Just it just means that for the most part he's not making those spectacular plays to save runs from scoring, and in some cases he's even made some mistakes in those situations that allowed a run. Yeah, know, they're but. they're just they're just measured off of different things. So yeah, yeah I mean if one, if if it's minus two DRS and and positive eleven OA. I mean, I, I just like to average them, I guess. Sure, and, you know, sure. He's probably sense. average, maybe a little above average. Um, but yeah, a, a guy who is under team control through 2025, uh, he'll make $11 million in 2024. He has a $15 million club option for 2025. Yep. So the Diamondbacks uh, could make a decision on whether whether they wanted to uh, to pick up that option if, if they were to acquire him. I wonder if the D-backs would uh, look to see if the Mariners would 
be willing to pay a portion of this contract. Maybe that would be part of a deal that was worked out between the two teams. But the biggest problem is that I don't think the Mariners are going to move him. Yeah. Um, I've scoured the Mariners roster, and yes, they have Josh Rojas, but he really played second base for them, not third base. And if they were to trade Suarez, you could slide Rojas over to third, but then they have a hole at second. And they're a team that really needs to upgrade offensively, not downgrade. Uh, They don't really have... It's not like they're trying to trade Suarez for pitching, and I don't think the Diamondbacks could really do that anyway. So the fit is is uh, is tough to find, and, and I, at the end of the day, I, I don't really see this as being a super viable option. Meanwhile, there is another option for a team that seems to kind of have somebody to play third base and might have, uh, I guess you could say, uh, an extra an extra arm over there. John Birdie, yeah, for the Miami Marlins, right? I mean, the Miami Marlins uh, seem to have a, a good guy and Jake Berger at third base that they acquired. Uh, and that would make Birdie perhaps a little expendable. And his numbers here are very, very good this season, at least as far as uh, maybe not being a power hitter, but a guy that got on base quite a bit. Yeah, he's not your your prototypical like power hitting third base type. Like this, <laughs> this is the this would be the Diamondbacks acquiring like a super utility player and saying like, hey, we want you to be our third baseman yeah, yeah. every day, <laughs> even though like that's not. It's not really like I don't think anyone ever really claimed that John Birdie's bat like profiles perfectly well at third base, but the D-backs could could maybe bring him in and, and use him there. Uh, he hit 294 in 2023 with the Marlins and 424 plate appearances. Only slugged 405, only had seven home runs, uh, but he did have a 748 OPS. And again, it's a matter of just comparing what's out there with what you already have. Yeah. And John Birdie would be a, a pretty clear upgrade in my book. Michael says, imagine Birdie and Carroll on the bases together. I'm yeah, he stole 41 bases, Let's I think, go. in 2022. He that stole, sounds chaotic. He stole 16 in 2023. Yeah. He was 16 for 22. Yeah. Uh, didn't quite do as much damage on the bases. But you know what happens when, you know, guys who have good sprint speed uh, join forces with Dave McKay. You tend to, <laughs> you tend to steal a, a decent right. number of bases. And right. He also is a pretty decent defender. Five defensive runs saved, two outs above average at third base yeah. uh, this year. Um, he played a bunch of different positions. He actually played shortstop more than anywhere else for the Marlins. But yeah, as you said earlier, like I, I think the Marlins could maybe part with him. They have Josh Bell to play first. They have Luis Arise at second. Garrett Hampson was kind of their everyday shortstop down the stretch. And then yeah, they traded for Jake Berger, who was outstanding for them in the second half after inexplicably being dealt by the Chicago White Sox. Uh, so, yeah, I think there there could be a fit here, uh, and he would certainly be an upgrade for the Diamondbacks. Mega Mega Man, not make, not to be confused with Mega Ran, two different people, <laughs> says as much as it would be nice to have a major power hitter, our, F, our offense thrives on small ball, and that would make Birdie a pretty good fit. But Yeah, he he definitely screams like Arizona Diamondbacks. He does. Like, like he, does. He, he has Diamondbacks vibes for sure. Like like underdog favorite, fan favorite kind of guy for sure. But yeah, oh, for sure. We do know the big name that everybody has been asking about, and that wouldn't be acquired through any kind of trade. It would be part of our free agency frenzy. Uh, and, of course, that name is Matt Chapman from the Toronto Blue Jays. Chapman has is is basically the 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 big third baseman free agent. He is he is the guy yeah. that everybody is going to like him and Candelario are probably the two guys that are the biggest you know targets for all of these teams looking for a third baseman. But Chapman was very very good for the Toronto Blue Jays, and again, kind of 
a bit of the prototypical third baseman that we were looking for here. I mean, does didn't have great power numbers uh, last season with Toronto, but I mean, his overall numbers are pretty damn good. Uh, very durable there with the 581 play appearances. Slash, uh, he had that 240 batting average, 424 slug, uh, 755 OPS, 54 RBI, and 17 home runs. I mean, even some of the other options here we talked about as a trade have better numbers than Chapman, but it just feels like he's the kind of guy that, like, the Diamondbacks could potentially lock into and have that problem at third base solved in a way that they kind of solved their problem with catcher by trading for Gabriel Moreno from yeah. the Toronto Blue Jays. Yeah, I mean, Matt Chapman is so good defensively at third base, and and there really is a lot of value in that. I mean, I know that the D-backs are not a team that really struggles defensively or like right. really needs to improve on that side of the ball. But, I mean, having an elite third baseman is having an elite third baseman, and there's going to be value in that defense, even though it's not really a weakness for this Diamondbacks team. They had their best, young, they had their best year defensively as far as errors were concerned. And, I mean, yeah. it, would be, it would be nice to add that that good defender there at third base and, and make this one of the best defenses in baseball. The tricky thing with Chapman, uh, and you know, you read out the offensive numbers as a whole, they're they're all right. They're not great for a third sure. baseman. He had a really weird season. In April and March, he hit 384 with an eleven fifty two OPS. There was time in in April in like late April, early May where everyone was convinced that Matt Chapman was about to play his way into like a $250 million contract or something. Because like, I mean, could you imagine if if you play elite third base defense and you have like a 900 yeah, OPS or something crazy. in your walk year? Especially with 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 the available talent yeah, out there. Exactly. Right? He would have been far and away the prize at third base. And in some ways he still is because yeah. he's such a good defender. And as we've said, the third base market in free agency is very thin. But yeah, he followed up that 1150 OPS in March and April with a 585 OPS in May and a 633 OPS in June. Yikes. And then in July at a 908 OPS, he was back. And then in August, it was 532. <laughs> and in September, October, it was 633. Ooh. So he was just a, a really poor offensive player for four out of the six months and a really, really good offensive player in the other two months. Absolutely sounds like an Arizona Diamondback. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's that's like your Lourdes Gurriel replacement yeah. right yeah, there. Right? Like right a guy there. who's, who's you know, he's going to be a little above average overall, but he's going to do it by being like the best hitter on the planet for like a couple months and then being kind of a non-factor in, in the other months. Mm. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Matt Chapman has, you, you know, you look back through his career, he's had some really good offensive seasons. He hasn't always been this just kind of fringe, just barely above average performer offensively. But you're going to have to sign him to a big deal. I think I, yeah. I think the Athletic had like six and 150 million or something. Uh, I, I don't see the Diamondbacks making that investment. And, you know, he's 30 years old, so you're paying for his age 31 through 36 seasons in that case i i don't know if i see the diamondbacks being willing to do that it would just be nice because the diamondbacks don't have a lot of holes right now in their starting lineup you know defensively and if they could just figure yeah. out a way to to at least get that third baseman that's going to be here once again for a while become potentially part of that core with the younger guys that are also going to be here for that time frame uh and 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 help this team win now because of his experience then uh you know it might be worth it it might be worth the big contract because again this is not something that you want to continue to have to deal with as far as you know finding another replacement doing these one-year deals you know yeah. some of the guys that we talked about potentially trading for like kyle farmer 
who is only going to be here through the end of the season, and then we go through this again. There, There is the potential that during some of these other free agency periods, there might be more options than there are currently because you don't want to overpay just because you're desperate in this particular market, yeah. and there's only three or four you know, really good players available, and you're going to overpay for them due to that. So. A big part of it is is Jordan Lawler and like do yeah. you do you think that Jordan Lawler you know halfway through the 2024 season could give you Matt Chapman numbers offensively? If he could, then you probably don't want to go give Matt Chapman 150 right. million dollars right. because uh, the D-backs have Perdomo, they have a viable shortstop already. Uh, that would that would make some sense, but it, it's still it seems like the most likely outcome is the D-backs are going to find themselves a stopgap. Yeah. And we we presented some guys who who could fill that role, right? Go get a Kyle Farmer, go get uh, you know, a Jonathan India potentially, a guy you could have for for a few years and, you know, just find a way to sort of piece it together from that point forward. Yeah. Um, well, my uh neighbor Reagan has been outside installing flooring in his like I thought you were gonna toy. say installing Christmas lights. No, was gonna be no, curious. that's a whole other that's a whole other conversation <laughs> for a different day. He, he's he's for for like weeks now. He's been installing flooring himself in his uh, not in his house, not in his garage, uh, in his trailer uh, where he really? his camping trailer, right? Wow. And I've kind of uh, <laughs> I, I've I've watched him from my front door secretly so that he doesn't know I'm there because if he knows I'm there, he's gonna ask me to come help him install the flooring. Uh, but I've just watched him deal with this, and I want everybody to know that you don't have to you don't have to do that. You don't have to put in the flooring yourself. Let Empire Today take care of all of that for you. You'll get the flooring through them, and they will have professional installers take care of this. You're not going to spend weeks at a time doing it, even though, much to his credit, he did a beautiful job with it. It just seemed like it was a lot of work, and I know he wanted me to come help him, and I wasn't going to go help him. I refused <laughs> to help anybody put in flooring. It's not an easy task, and you want to make sure you have professionals that know what they're doing. Do that. So make sure to check out Empire Today. They keep shopping for floors simple uh, with a curated product selection. Uh, they also help you out by uh, allowing you to use their uh, virtual floor design, which is a great way to see how your new floors will look in any room or any space. It's easy. You just snap a picture and instantly you can see the different designs and how they would look. Uh, the Empire Today prides themselves on convenient shop at home servicing. And I know that's what we're all about in today's day and age. We all, none of us want to leave our office, our, our living room to go do all of this stuff. Who wants to go to a big box store uh, and stand around for like literally an hour waiting for someone to come help you because that's what happened yeah. to me when I was installing uh, countertops in my home. It was It's a, also it was like kind of useless to like go somewhere and just look at flooring yeah, and pretend then, that you understand what it's actually going to look yeah. like in your house. And then they're just going to give just you doesn't. a thing, the number to call, a thing here set up. It's like, so I literally just came here to look at these. That's all I came down here. Yeah. I'm talking to you just to look at these. This is ridiculous. So don't forget all that. Do it at home with Empire today. Uh, they do service their own warranties. So again, you you can make sure that you don't have to deal with a uh, war, uh, manufacturer phone number or tracking someone down. Empire Today will take care of it for you. You can schedule a free in-home estimate today. All listeners will receive a $350 off discount when they use promo code PHNX. So make sure to do that. Do that. Restrictions do apply. See empiretoday.com slash PHNX for details. Uh, and yes, we did sh throw some shade earlier at MLB.com. And of course, uh, my shady rays are the way that I throw shade. I mean, I... I, honestly, I can throw shade at a moment's notice, so it's the reason why I need uh, the sunglasses on me uh, at all times. But mm. if you live here in Arizona or you're even just visiting uh, for a period of time, you need to make sure you have yourself a premium pair of polarized shades, and you can get those from Shady Rays. 
their website, ShadyRays.com, or here in town at their location at Carolyn Commons. Uh, Shady Rays offers durable frames and ex extremely clear optics. They also offer the most insane protection plan in all of eyewear. Uh, all of their sunglasses are backed by a lost and broken replacement plan that says if you lose or break your pair, even on day one, they will replace them for free. No questions asked, no guilt, no shame, none of that. They have your back long after you purchase. And exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays is giving out the best deal of the season. Go to ShadyRays.com and use code PHNX for 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people. Award season does not stop, Jesse. No, it really doesn't. It just gets accolade so after award, <laughs> after honor, after thing, right? Uh, now MLB has announced that they are uh, the return of the official all MLB team, uh, which is something fans can vote on similar to the all-star vote. So uh, the Diamondbacks have quite a few guys nominated for the 2023 all MLB team, including Christian Walker at first base, Cattell Marte at second, Corbin Carroll for outfield, Zach Gallen and Merrill Kelly for starting pitching, and our guy jump jump around uh, Paul Seawald for relief pitcher. So, some some great guys being honored, and obviously all of these guys were a big part of you know the Diamondbacks not only getting to the playoffs but their postseason run there. So, yeah. uh, any snubs there, or did they get it right? Was there anybody that you think you would have included? Um. Maybe, I mean, maybe a little okay, Jerry P. Going, Love going position by. Eh. Yeah. I think I think Gabriel Moreno <laughs> yeah. is probably the, yeah. the clearest uh, snub on on the Diamondbacks front. Their nominees for catcher is our guy. If I can find these real quick, their nominees for catcher are William Contreras, Jonah Heim, Sean Murphy, J.T. Romuto, Will Smith, Wilson Contreras, Ryan Jeffers, Cal Raleigh, and Adley Rutschman. It is a pretty impressive class of catchers. Like. I don't know if Gabby is necessarily clearly above any of those guys. Yeah. But defensively, I mean, he just won the gold glove. Like, JT Romuto didn't uh, didn't really outperform Gabby significantly offensively, while Gabby had a much better year defensively, according to the numbers. I think you could maybe make a case there. But it's hard for me, yeah, it's hard for me to call it, like, egregious because this is a, this is a pretty formidable list of catchers. Yeah, I'm, really I'm not is. sure that Gabby had a clearly better season than any of these guys. Well, voting is open for fans through November 19th. So get out there and vote for these guys. You can vote for them at MLB.com slash all MLB. That'll take you right uh, to the voting list. So make sure to do that. But again, just nice for these guys to be honored uh, and not snubbed the way that they were snubbed by MLB and their little power ranking for 2024. I'm not going to forget that anytime soon but uh joey lent says ginkle too probably yeah kevin ginkle deserves flowers for sure uh as a relief pitcher he was incredible for this team but uh again we have uh, a lot of fun stuff still going on we will have some more third base uh free agency candidates to talk about here shortly so we're not done there's just not, we haven't totally solved the problem. We haven't yet, totally solved the problem. We, we will. Have, we will eventually. We're gonna hit the. <laughs> we're gonna hit the chalkboard here in a little bit and see what we can figure out. Um, I'm definitely gonna keep away from Jesse because I still don't believe he's not sick. Uh, and we will try <laughs> to figure out what the Diamondbacks are gonna do at third base. But uh, make it keep. Make sure to keep it locked right here. We will be back at 1 p.m. tomorrow, uh, and we might be joined by some very special guests. So I'm very excited about that. So. Keep your keep your eyes peeled and your ears to the ground for that. Uh, of course, if you are out and about, make sure to stop by Circle K to fill yourself up, fill up your gas tank. Uh, it's probably the cheapest gas you can find if you sign up for their Inner Circle program because that will get you 25 cents off per gallon for your first five fill-ups. 
It's free. And not only that, but you'll get three cents off per fill up uh, per gallon every day after that. You'll also get buy five, get six to one free on a selection of Circle K products, including pizza, coffee, and ice cold fountain drinks. And if you download the app, they'll just send you fun little coupons for free stuff like chips and candy, all sorts of great stuff. So you can join the inner circle for free by downloading the Circle K app today. Terms and conditions apply at participating locations. Visit CircleK.com for details. Uh, and also shout out to FOCO uh, for providing us with our little tiny works of art on the table. FOCO is a leading manufacturer of sports and entertainment merchandise with a product line that includes apparel, accessories, toys, collectibles like these little bobbleheads that, like I said, are pieces of artwork, uh, novelty items and more. So uh, check out the best officially licensed gear for all sports and fandoms over at FOCO.com. Uh, of course, baseball season never stops. Bobblehead season never stops. So make sure to check them out and get those limited edition Maybe if they have any of those World Series ones left, they're they're mm. pretty gorgeous. So check those out. FOCO always has our back for Arizona sports, and they have yours too. Get the best gear around by visiting FOCO.com and using code PHNX. For all non-presale items, use the code PHNX for 10% off. Well, that's all I got. You got anything else? Um, no, not not really. Um, I, I, I'm just thinking about FOCO and and like, you know, holiday shopping and, and whatnot. And you're not allowed to put up Christmas lights this early. But you are allowed to go shopping for uh, all of the special people in your life this early. So visit our friends over at Foco. Of course, I, just I won't be doing any of my I Christmas want, shopping yeah. until Christmas Eve. He doesn't We've already do, established he's an that, insane but. person. Well, see, don't listen to this man when it, it talks about pre-planning. He absolutely waits until the last minute. And then, like, still somehow pulls off some 50% off clearance deals and such, which I don't think is fair. That shouldn't happen it's, until it's after the holiday. for those of us who overthink everything in our lives... The the need to make a decision by the time the mall closes is very helpful because it it's a deadline. It's a deadline. He gets exactly. Deadlines. This guy gets deadlines. I need a deadline when yeah. I'm doing my Christmas shopping. Yeah. Otherwise, I'll just I just I'll never figure it out. You can give yourself a deadline. I mean, for real, right? Like you can self impose. Yeah, have to buy this it. by the twentieth. Yeah. Yeah, it's not but that, that, hard. that doesn't no, that doesn't work. I know. And I know. Really I know. There's work. some people watching and listening who understand that self imposed deadlines. I get it. It's doesn't, arbitrary. It doesn't work. You know in yeah. your head that you can just. That, yeah, yeah, I know deep down that my self-imposed deadline doesn't mean crap. Yeah. And so I'm not going to abide by it because deep down I know that. So we couldn't be more different on this because I get all of my holiday shopping done by the 15th of November. And that's for a holiday that is 45 days away from from that's, my date for shopping that's just really messy yeah no i don't know what to tell you because i need to get that stuff done i have a lot of things to do jesse i have an elf that i have to move around every night she's 12 years old do i still have to move the elf oh man this is i well you have to move yeah move there's the an elf, elf around? Comes, yeah it's an elf on a shelf have you ever heard of the elf on i a have shelf? i have heard we also I have, have a of. snoop on a stoop it's a whole thing there's like all these magical creatures that i have to be in charge of every single night so i don't have time for shopping i gotta keep up on that stuff but tori has to decorate i have to help tori decorate there's just things you guys don't understand about christmas but you gotta, you gotta get an early start that's my best uh, recommendation that way you can enjoy the holiday instead of shopping on christmas eve you maniac I no still, i i enjoy oh, it, it's it the worst. christmas is great yeah. shopping is done the decisions were made no I stress. Used, I used to go shopping on Black Friday at like 5 a.m. and stand in a line at Target out <laughs> front in the cold. And it was kind of awesome because I would do it with my brother. And it was a tradition. But those days are over now because we have Amazon. So thank you to Amazon for that. Uh, and Max is going to get mad at me for that free ad. But anyway, we thank you guys so much uh, for joining us. Of course, like I said, we'll be back here at 1 p.m. tomorrow. In the meantime, you can follow us on Twitter. I'm at cap underscore caveman with a K. Jesse is at Jesse and Friedman. Uh, Eric 
is has a Twitter account. I, guess. I do. I do. What is it? <laughs> uh, it's Eric Ruby with a K. So E R I K R U B Y. Wow, like he got his name. He, I don't even know how. To, I like. I can't even pick on that because he just literally got his name. Like that's, Jacob Franklin is the fourth best Jacob Franklin. That's why he's Jacob right. underscore Franklin four. So that's yeah. why he's ranked like that. But this does this make Eric the best Eric Ruby that's in known existence? At least with a K. At least yeah. with a K. He's maybe right, maybe so. there's. I haven't Eric met Ruby's another one, so it's not a lot of competition. <laughs> to be honest yeah, with you. Well, I mean, there can only be one. That's the way it works. It's Highlander rules with Eric Ruby. But of course, uh, our shows at PHNX underscore Dbacks and all roads do lead to at PHNX underscore Sports on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. We thank you again for your time. We always appreciate you, uh, and we'll be back tomorrow. Remember, kids, baseball is fun, but it is so much more fun when you can figure out what the hell you're going to do at third base.